right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here. And I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I come to you tonight and bring greetings from on high. I'm so excited about what God is doing as we continue along the path of um, this Bible study that we're doing on Thursday nights. We are laying the foundation. We're laying the foundation of our knowledge. And I'm just so grateful and thankful to God. Uh, for the tools that he is presenting to us, for the knowledge that he's given us. And I want to bring (coughs) a supplement to you all tonight. Uh, I've been doing this, and usually I wait a day or so, but I wanted to go ahead and, and bring this over just to bring some things home. I try to be very detailed and descriptive and, um, you know, what we talk about, But I think these supplements are very, very helpful. Amen. Uh, But I want you all to to do your study now. I'm going to post week, I think we're in week four next week. Uh, We skipped a couple of weeks. (laughs) So we finished week one. Uh, We finished week two. uh, And now this week we did week three. And then next week, week four. But I'm going to post these scriptures uh, where we should be at in our actual reading. Now, remember, keep in mind that while we are reading ahead, our uh, uh, subjects for each week is going to take us into more detail. But it's important that we continue along the path of our reading so that we can get uh, done with the week reading and 365 days, but again, um, having those specific topics each week. This week we talked about the fall. Last week we talked about creation, uh, and next week I think we're going to talk about Cain and Abel. But tonight I'm going to give you a supplement um, on creation. Uh, we're going to talk through that, and just uh, my goal is to try to give you more context. But like I stated today in Bible study, there's nothing like reading the word, reading the word, get into your word because you need to get it for yourself. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your people. And we just ask Lord God that you will hear us tonight, that you will speak through us, that you will have your way. And as we uh, wait on you and wait on your spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us, we are asking, Lord God, that you will open up our hearts to receive and let our our ears hear from you and just have your way. Have your way. Amen. All right. So, so, like I said, we're going through... Uh, this study and 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 the goal is to do, to do it chronologically, and so after uh, tonight's study, my daughter asked the question, and this is a common question that is asked uh, as we dig into the word, um, you know, with some of what we see as inconsistencies because we don't see this the entire story. So there are missing pieces and gaps. So she asked me, she said, Ma, if Cain was exiled uh, to another land, who did he marry? And who was that person? And and so she asked the question. And so 
I shared with her a perspective uh, that I believe is theologically based um, and and a philosophy that I live by. Uh, Again, I'm very clear that the Bible is infallible. So there is no flaws within the Bible. The gaps is in our interpretation and as well in our knowledge. And there are other components or pieces to the Bible uh, that, that we do not see. So if you think about it, the Bible is a written letter that God wrote to his people. It is a love letter. It is a historic book as well as a guide, as well as, um, you know, uh, law and covenant and governance. Um, It is all of these things. But when you think about a letter, think about a letter that is written, a letter that is written to a particular audience may miss out some uh, pieces because you can't contain everything everywhere. So that's why it's important that we're going through this study uh, in a chronological fashion in the way that it was lived out in the Bible because it allows us to uh, apply additional logic, right, to, to what we're reading. And so when we get into the Word of God, when it talks about uh, the creation and how the heavens and the earth was established and how God created uh, the livestock and how God created man and woman and how he began to establish the life through Adam and Eve and they began having children. The thing that we have to understand is that there is an elapse in time uh, that the Bible depicts, but again, we don't see it in black and white and in the writing. But if you were to uh, transpose or superimpose on top of the scriptures uh, some sort of map or timeline, you would see that years had elapsed from the time that um, Cain had, had um, killed his brother to the time that Adam and Eve started procreating in the earth. So they were um, producing Life and that life was producing, and, and they were just continuing to produce. So, if we can get in our minds that you know there were animals in the earth, and the animals, and the fowl, and the fish, and everything they were reproducing, and we can also get into our minds that Adam and Eve uh, were also reproducing. And so, as a result of that, and I, I share with her, I said, typically, especially here. In the United States, a young adult will, um, you know, journey uh, outside of the parents' home once they have reached a certain age. So it is not um, illogical or it is not uh, outside of the realm of, of reality to know that if Adam and Eve were reproducing life and that life was um, uh, navigating, you know, through the land and and going to different locations, that there would have been a population that was created, um, uh, you know, during, during that time. And so Cain actually married 
one of his sisters. So he married a sister, a, a, uh, a uh, um, um, offspring, offspring is the word I'm looking for, an offspring of Adam and Eve. And so when he was exiled, uh, he married his actual sister. Okay, so some of those things that, you know, it's great to have those questions. Um, and, and I know that it came from a place of seeking to understand. Yet I would caution us that oftentimes we go into the word of God looking to disprove certain things or people who, you know, get into our heads about what we're reading. They're, they're trying to disprove the word. But the word is true. As much as I'm sitting here and speaking to you and you can hear my voice, the word of God is true. All right, so let's get with these uh, supplements. And and to lend to that, uh, we know that God never, absolutely never changed what he said in the Bible about the creation of the world. He never changed it. So from the beginning of the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, the story has consistently remained the same on how the world began. The Bible is not a book of myths. It's not a legend. It is a true and accurate historical account of the things that happened during that time. Again, there are missing pieces that we do not fully grasp or understand, but our lack of knowledge does not denote a flaw in the accuracy of the Bible, okay? All right, so the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis, Genesis, we continue to talk about that, is the book of beginnings. It's the book of beginnings. It started out with a simple fact. It said, in the beginning, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Create means that he made it out of nothing. So before the beginning of the world, nothing existed except God. Nothing existed except God. And so um, later, I think in July, we're going to do a trip to Noah's Ark, and I'm telling you, I just cannot wait. I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to that trip so that we can experience that. It just, I'm in awe of God. Just imagine, nothing existed before him, and because of him, everything that we have today exists. So think about it. If we wanted to build a house or a cake or, um, you know, something we would have to, we would need to collect uh, materials in order to do that because that is our finite ability to create and to produce. But God did not need any materials to make the world. He didn't need anything. He created them. And through faith, we understand that the world that we live in today was framed exclusively by God's word. It was framed by his word in, in, so, in, in such that he spoke it and it came to be. So it was framed by the word of God. 
so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So he created them by his word. And in our minds, this sort of thing seems to be impossible. But Jeremiah 37, I mean 32 and 17, it says, O Lord, ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. If you could just take that right there and hold on to it. Take that right there and be confident in knowing that the God that we serve, he created everything out of nothing but his word. If he spoke it, so shall it be. It came to pass. He spoke it. And we live under the same God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The other thing is that we have to understand is that God did not have to learn how to create the world. He didn't have to learn about it. So so when we get this this misnomer in our minds that things are flawed, and, and when I talk about the world, I'm talking about the earth. I'm talking about the nature. I'm not talking about the world system. But we have to understand that God knows everything. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that God does not know or understand. Romans 11, 33 and 34 tells us, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who have known the mind of the Lord? or who have been his counselor. He has no counselor because he is all-knowing. At the creation, the earth was within, uh, without form and void. It was in total darkness, and it was covered with water. So we learned all of this in Genesis uh, chapter 1. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Hebrew Hebrew word that they're using uh, in Genesis 1 for move, it means to tremble like an earthquake, to shake, to boil, to tremble. Can you imagine? Sometimes when we just feel, you know, those earthquakes, I wonder if that's just God moving I mean, if that's how it was when he was moving upon the face of the waters and he was just trembling like an earthquake. It shows the creative power of God and and his vast power and that he's the creator of everything that exists. He's the very source of all of the energy that we experience, all of the energy that was there in creation. He put everything in motion. The Spirit of God, uh, known as the Trinity, 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit was all involved in creation. So when I say he didn't need counsel, I'm not saying that he didn't consult because he said, let us make them in our image. So we understand that. But I'm talking about God is an all-knowing God. So it's not like us. We got to get input. God said, I got this. On the first day, he created light. He created light out of absolutely nothing but his words. And every time he created something, he, he saw that it was good. Not only that, he made it perfect. And the reason that God was able to make it perfect is because he's perfect. And so we try to live up to that image of perfection, trying to, you know, do things perfectly. And we fall short because we're incapable of making anything perfect because we are flawed. God is flawless. He's holy. God is separated from light and darkness. He's called the light of day. He's, I mean, he called the light day. And he called the darkness uh, night. God is light. And he created light. And he created darkness as well. And he separated the light and the darkness so that we can have day and night. And I, I was thinking of a point. I saw something um, the other day. It was a picture of a match. And it had a shadow, so they had a, the, you know, the light, maybe the lights were off, so it made a shadow, and they snapped the picture. And it showed that everything around or surrounding the light had a shadow, but the light had no shadow. Because in order to have a shadow, there must be a, a replication of darkness, a, a presence of darkness. But where there is light, there is no darkness. And I'm telling you, God is light, and there is no darkness in it. On the second day, uh, the firmament was created. And above the firmament, uh, or uh, and be above the atmosphere, God put the water from the world that he created. And, and what's funny about that is that I've been learning more about uh the atmosphere. I can't remember uh, my science guy name that I, I kind of picked up and I like listening to him because he puts a lot of things into layman's terms so that I can understand it. But one of the things that he helped me understand was oftentimes when we talk about going off into space, um, the destination is not actually in space. It is somewhere in Earth's atmosphere. So over the last couple of years, we've been hearing about a lot of millionaires and billionaires wanting to go off in space. And so he was very clear to level set that these uh, travelers are not actually going into space. They're just going a little bit higher than the atmosphere. what, what word am I trying to say? They're going a little bit further than um, 
where the planes are going, the aptitude, aptitude is the word I'm looking for, uh, that the planes are going into the atmosphere. It's kind of late, but I wanted to get through this uh, supplement. But anyway, uh, on the third day, God created the dry land and the sea and the plant world. In Psalms 95 and 5, the sea, it, it tells us that the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. The plants that God made gave seed for reproduction. And it didn't break, it didn't wear out, and it didn't require a new one. <laughs> he created it and God uh, continued to create new ones and he cre- He gave them the ability to reproduce in their own likeness and he's the only one that can maintain life. I was sharing through Bible study how when I was reading again the story about creation what really just stuck out for me was God there was a period of time that passed that God uh, provided made provision for the living things on the earth that needed caring you know that needed someone to care for it until Adam and Eve were created and so it talked about how God used the springs from the earth, the water, you know, sprung up from the ground, I think it said, um, and how he, um, you know, provided for that vegetation. He provided what they needed. Uh, That was just so profound to me because God maintains life. He didn't necessarily need the plants for himself because we know that he's self-sufficient but because God is an all-knowing God he's everywhere all the time he's all sufficient <coughs> he was preparing providence for the man that he was creating and he made the plants and the trees for the people for the man to satisfy their physical needs to provide food and produce and oxygen and air. He wanted to give them lumber for construction and everything that we needed uh, for our lives. He wanted to provide them. So that's why he created that. He gave us the plants so that we can rejoice in his love. So that we can see sometimes I just look at the beauty and the awe of God's creation and I just rejoice in the fact that he loved us so much that he created a world that was suitable just for us, for our lives, for what we needed. God is amazing. And he gave us colors and flavors and order and and structure. And he gave us all of these things as he designed the earth exclusively for mankind. When we think about creation and what God created uh, from the earth, I mean, uh, what God created from the earth, what God created from nothing, we have to use faith and apply faith 
so that we can believe that the story of the Bible, the history of the Bible that talks about creation is true, that it is not a theory. It goes far beyond theory. It is fact because we can touch it today. We can witness it today. We can physically experience it today. And that truth never, ever changes. Creation shows us the main characteristics of our living God. It shows us that he is omni, uh, he's omnipotent. He has all power. He has all power, enough power to create the universe. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows everything that he needs to know to create the universe. And he is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere all the time. I feel like as Christians, oftentimes we waste a lot of time focusing on things that are nominal. Like I said before, or or have nominal value, low value, right? And like I was saying before, people enter into their journey of learning the Bible by trying to disprove a truth. We exhaust a lot of effort and energy in doing that versus learning uh, the, the Bible and learning what God has presented to us so that we can grow, grow closer to him. In the first three days, God prepared the places. He prepared the places. He, You know, I'm, I'm a project manager you know, and, and what I do in my profession, I do program management and project management. I always say portfolio management because in the industry, that makes a difference, right? But at the core of what I do, I, I manage projects. So I try to be, um, I try to orchestrate plans in such a way that the structure allows me to successfully implement whatever solution uh, I'm trying to deploy. And so with, with looking at the God that we are, I mean, that we are, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it's kind of late. It's, it's actually 10 o'clock. I'm just going to be honest. So my brain is starting to go down, but I wanted to get this supplement out. But when we think about the God that we have and how it is innate, if I guess, if I can say innate, uh, but it is, it is a core characteristic of who he is to be structured and ordered and to be prepared, to be prepared. So in the first three days, he actually created the places and then he filled them. And in the heavens, which was the space which he made on the first day, there was light, but there was no sun, moon, or stars. And in the atmosphere, which he made the second day, there were no birds, and on the dry land that he made on the third day, there were no animals. So on the fourth day, he went and, and he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And and I, I had a, a picture one day, and I, I'm telling you, I had an emotional experience with this. But the picture depicted, it started out, I believe, with... And, and I don't know if it went to this level, but maybe it had a town or a city and a state and 
and then it showed a nation and maybe a continent and then from the continent the earth and then from the earth it showed um you know our solar system from our solar system with the constellations it showed you know just just different components uh of the universe and it got so vast and it got so small and so big and it was just amazing to look at that and to know that the God that we serve created all of these things. He didn't start in the middle of it. It wasn't no big bang. He didn't go, you know, um, start from something that someone had already created, but he created all of these things. So, None of us can measure the immense size of the universe. You know, even scientists, they'll tell us that there are billions of stars, but we can't even see them to be able to validate our assumptions, right? Because it's just so vast. So in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, the Word of God says, And God said, Let there be light in the firmament, of the heaven to divide the day and night and let them be for signs for the seasons for the days for the years and let them be for lights in the firmament in the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light of the darkness. And God saw it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. God created the universe and everything in it, everything from the smallest to the biggest was made by one designer. God was the designer. He created it. All things carry his stamp in themselves. Right now on the job, uh, I have a young lady who started working uh, with us. She's an intern. And um, part of her job, I, I, I gave her a title as our solution analyst. And part of her job is to manage the initiative that she was brought on for to elicit requirements and analyze those requirements, to design the solution, and then finally to um, build and implement the solution. So she's got to do all of these things. And as she does those things, she has to rely on the input of others in order for her to build out the solution. But the God that we serve, he didn't have to ask anybody anything. He didn't have to go through a process. (coughs) We built a lot of our uh, uh, framework for project management around just what God has done. And he didn't have to go through any any of that. He created it on his own with the knowledge Uh, that he had because he is the ultimate designer. Space was not a problem from God because God is everywhere all the time. 
And he's everywhere in the universe, not just here on earth, not just in the heaven. He's everywhere in the universe. He, uh, God is everything and everything is God. God, everything belongs to God. Not everything is God. And as a matter of fact, I'm glad I said slipped up and said that because people say that sometimes. They'll say God is everything and everything is God. But God separated himself from his creation. He separated himself in the sense that it everything is not God. You know, I'm looking at a pencil. That's not God. But did he create this earth and this world so that we can produce that? Um, so anyway, I don't know why I went down that path, but I just wanted to say that <laughs> real quick since I made that mistake. But I think what I meant to say was that God is everything and everything belongs to God. Everything was created from God. Um, he's everywhere all the time, even in the universe. That's the key thing. I want to get us beyond just our knowledge of who God is here in the earth. Know that he is the God of the universe. All right, Jeremiah 10 and 9, uh, 10 and 12. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and have stretched out the heavens by his discretion. We, we see now, you know, as we, or at least as I get older, that, that scientists, as they evaluate physical law, they find discoveries that align with the principles and the law of God, the laws that he established. And they understand that they work everywhere in the universe. We, and and I say this about them going into the atmosphere, going to the moon, going, you know, in, into um, uh, you know, going going into these other um, planets. And like I said, I'm probably gonna shut it down in a minute because I got some good thoughts. <laughs> but, but anyway, when they when they go into space. I think that they create a lot of issues, you know, for the earth because it contradicts God's law, right? Think about the Tower of Babel. We should have learned from them. But all of these issues that we have with some of the natural disasters uh, that occur in our weather and stuff like that is because they keep going into places that they don't have no business being. All right, Psalms 104 and 19, and I'm almost done. He appointed the moon four seasons, the sun knowing uh, his going down. Psalms 19, 2 through 4, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night uh, showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor, not, nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through the earth, and their words to the end of the world. 
in them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Everything God made on the fourth day, he said it was good. He made the sun, he made the moon, he made the stars. All of this, he made it good for us. He created these things through his own wise uh, knowledge and his power. He created all of those things for us. On day five, he created uh, sea life and he created the birds. Genesis 1, 20 through 23, it says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life and fowl that may fly above the earth and on the firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and God saw it was good and he blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth and the evening and the morning were the fifth day And so the more we look into the depths of the ocean and the remote corners of the earth, the more we find new types of fish and new types of birds. I Listen, I saw something one day, it, it looked like a, a horse-human fish. I don't know. But it's so much that we don't know. Um, and I guess a, 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 a horse human fish is not beautiful but there are also things that that you know we find uh that that just i mean we just be in awe of it you know some of those marine animals and stuff like that 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 come out of these um islands and stuff is just so beautiful and to know that he created that for us to show his creative power and his wisdom. And knowing that he created even the smallest, most ordinary creatures up to the most incredibly complex, just for us, just for us. I mean, even down to cells and bacteria and everything else that we have, God created it. This is why these machines that they're creating, all of this virtual reality and AI, uh, artificial intelligence, and all of these um, robots that they think they about to make. You can't beat God being God. You cannot replicate his creation. You can try, but you ain't going to succeed. And what I, well, I ain't going to say that, but, you know, I don't know, Jeff Bezos, uh, Zuckerberg and 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 uh, what's the one name? I always say he my nemesis, but not uh, Elon Musk. Y'all better watch out. Y'all better watch out. I've seen, you know, those who have tried, and a lot of times they, sometimes they wind up losing their mind. But anyway, all right. So day six, he created uh, the land, and the animals were created, and. Um, and he created man. And so God is such a great God. He's an awesome God. He used, he used creation to demonstrate his love 
for mankind and for humankind. And so we're going to continue to talk through uh, God's creation and how he created man and angels and Eden and how he created Eve. Uh, We're going to talk through some of these things as we continue along our journey. But I wanted to give you that supplement just to add some things. We can never learn too much about the word. I encourage you to join us on on Friday. told y'all it's late on Thursday nights, 7 p.m. for Bible study. Uh, We're trying to get things together. I really wanted to do something um, collaborative. So I have this podcast and when I use the podcast, I can pull other people in. But unfortunately, the podcast does not allow me to, um, to schedule. But my Zoom allows me to schedule, but it doesn't allow me to cast it. And the reason that it's important that I cast it is because I'm able to share uh, the recordings on Facebook so that everyone can participate. So I share that for two reasons. One, uh, you know, to give knowledge and information if anybody wants to join, but also if anybody know how to fix it, (laughs) let me know because I want to get more participation, especially from, you know, the family. I want to see us come together and and get into the word. Uh, This is our season. This is our season. I believe that many uh, who have gone on before us, those prayers that have been prayed, uh, this is the season that we are walking in it. God is faithful and he's drawing us back to him. I thank him that he allows us to sojourn on on this path and this journey that he's given us, Uh, but it takes all of us. So I'm praying that we all get it together, come together, and, and, and learn what he wants to impart in us in this season and go out and, and feed his sheep and make disciples and establish his kingdom in the earth. That is the charge. That is the charge. We got to spread the gospel. Amen. All right. Well, I love you all. And it has been my privilege and my honor to serve tonight. But this is our supplement for our Bible study on Thursday, June 16th, 7 p.m. Have a blessed evening. Love you.